potato, potato, thumbs podcast, potato, potato, thumbs podcast, it's fluffy and the admiral playing with their fingers and their nips. Cool. Any, any language anything like that do i need to know no we have uh, we have 18 plus rated okay, r cool. on right. on the podcast so cool. yeah All i think right. we've crossed that that field a few times <laughs> just two weeks ago somebody was asking fluffy to show his bulge in his sweatpants oh yeah yeah so i mean do it <laughs> college you would do it um Hey, you were wearing we, the same shirt two weeks ago. In I, fact. I was. I thought it was going out today. Like this is this is my favorite like going out shirt, like fancy dress up going out yeah. shirt. I'm wearing sweatpants too, <laughs> just oh, to like complete it. Uh, a little fool. Yeah, business yeah. casual. Business casual. It's like right, a right, right. The mullet um, is all it is. Did uh? Have you tried this, Rob? The carbon no. four. Nope, no. No. Nice. Is it? Yeah, I haven't actually seen it before. So Oktoberfest style ale. I'm a little jealous. You guys are by Surly. I mean, I'll be honest with you. They've always been like a mythical thing we can't get out here. And every once in a blue moon, someone will mail me Surly, and I'm always like, "Oh, it's so good." Now, I saw last week we just started. I mean, just started getting like some of their very basic stuff, like Bender and Furious. And yeah, that's it. yeah. So that's that's the thing is like. So they, Surly, so fuck it, we're just starting like this. So Surly was um, was kind of that way here in the cities. So when they first started, like people realized they were really good and it was it was called a liquor store and know when the delivery is coming so you can be there to pick up a fucking case. Yeah. And, yeah. and they did, they were very irregular about deliveries too, like for distribution. Yeah. So like yeah. if you heard that it was out at a store, you would go hit up all the stores to find like a four pack somewhere. Doesn't surprise me. Good um, I mean, yeah, some. I, you know what though? I don't like their IPA. I don't like Furious. It's no, not, I think no, it's not it, my it, thing. It's dated, if you ask me. I, I, I mean, as stylistically as a brewer, like nobody wants like a red West Coast IPA. No offense, made in the in the, the bread basket of America. You know what I mean? It, it's a weird style for what it is. But like their coffee bender, I think is sexy. Yes. That, that's a really good beer. Their um, even their Hell Hell is a fantastic beer they make. Um, Cynic isn't bad either. They're, Cynic is very good. Their farmhouse stays on as good. And then, of course, like when you get into their really big ones like Darkness and stuff like that, those are just like through the roof. I had a few Darknesses in my day. They are just like mind-alteringly awesome. Like big Russian Imperial Stouts are like 10, 12, 14 percent. They're, they're, they're good. They're very good. They're, um, my favorite beer that they have is um, you can only get it at the Brew Hall, which is closing, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in like November. Oh, um, did you hear about what they did like two days ago? Uh, with the, with the unionizing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like news in the brew community. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. So, well, one of the, one of the, uh, was it fair state? I think actually did unionize. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then Surly and the Surly workers wanted that to happen. And the very next day they're like, yep, we're just going to shut down the food hall. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they they're... Have all their service and like they kept all the production people in the brewery. Yeah. But then. Everybody who tends bar, cleans table, they're like, oh, you all want to unionize? And next day a guy came in, oh, yeah, you're all fired. See ya. 
He's Dude, like, we're gonna close the pub down. It's like, and what? It, it's a giant fucking building. Like it's they huge. they changed. It is huge yeah they changed laws in minnesota like surly changed how minnesota beer happens and what can happen in breweries and it's massive and they just opened up a like it was just like food and beer and then they opened up a pizza place upstairs that had good wood fire pizzas and it's massive yeah and then they're just like and it's always packed like no matter what fucking time of day you go there we went there in February and we walked in and we're like, nah, let's go somewhere else because the wait was like an hour and there were no seats at the bar or anything like that. And yeah, you like, can't stand. Like you uh, literally nope. can't even stand and drink. That sounds like there's a, I don't know if you ever heard of a brewery called Trogues. Trogues is in our backyard here. They're a very Germanic style brewing, but uh, they're in like 15 states, but they're in, um, they were in Harrisburg here, maybe about three miles from my house. And then they picked up and moved and went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. So, Jesus, my. So now they're connected with Hershey Foods, heck, Hershey Park, Hershey Entertainment, Hershey Hotel. Like, Hershey is a $1 trillion company. You know what I mean? And they're, like, in our backyard over here. You know what I mean? Like, Hershey candy bars and everything like that. So it's like they, they, they did, like, a traffic study where they are now. They get 14, like, million cars passing the front of their brewery between like june and august for the park and all that stuff so yeah it it sounds like the same thing it's like a hundred thousand square foot facility big restaurant big everything like that you know what i mean that's exactly what it sounds like and they change laws based off of you know how you sell beer who who you could sell to the amount you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's cool i yeah i was gonna say though their their favorite my favorite beer of theirs um is a take on their coffee bender and it's a cacao bender so it's their coffee bender with cacao beans Oh man, that sounds awesome. Um, but you can't it's it's never bottled. It's always yes. or canned. It's always keg. Uh, uh and you have to go get it at the place. That sucks. That sounds yep. awesome. That sounds really good. That's a really good beer too. Um, so hey, uh you know some things about beer apparently, and uh you're on the bit. show. Should we maybe tell people who you are? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know when we were starting, where I don't know where this is all going. You you uh, you you lead us off here and we'll we'll uh, we'll go with it. I mean I, I'm I'm the uh unofficial guest of honor, I guess. So <laughs> no, no, you're the official guest of honor yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um no, sometimes we have intros and it's all uh, formal and sometimes we just roll it with it like tonight. And I think tonight's a good roll with it night. So uh, this, so everyone, this is Brad. Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, this is awesome. Appreciate it. So, um, so you know some things about beer. How is it that you happen to know things about beer? I, uh, I, I thought one day it was a great idea to throw away my mechanical engineering degree and follow my passion. <laughs> I, was a, uh, I uh, was a mechanical engineer by trade, but a home brewer and beer nerd by night for a lot of years. And um, right out of college, I was making a lot of the, I was working for a company that was m- making a lot of the assault rifles and the uh, mortar launchers and missiles that were going to the Iraq war at the time. And it actually, it was right outside of uh, the D.C. area. And I'll be honest with you, that's a high-tense job, and it, it stressed me out. And I brewed for fun. I brewed because I liked it. I actually brewed in the middle of college, actually, and I'll tell you more stories about that later. But um, I worked a weekend job just to kind of, like, de-stress my mind because I wanted to do something more fun at Dogfish Head Brewery, if you've ever heard of those mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was my weekend gig. I would go up and, like, give tours just because I liked it. And they weren't even paying me. They were just giving me, like, well, every time you did a tour, you got five dogfish head dollars. And I was like, okay. Then 
after you got ten dollars for ten dollars, you can buy a case of beer, you know, or t-shirts or hats, you know, whatever you wanted, you know. I just did it because I liked it and I wanted to be around beer. Well, one night it turned into, hey, we're screwed on the uh, bottling line. Could you give some give us a hand? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then like a week later, it turned into like, hey, I, you know, I could use a hand over here. Do you want to learn? And I was like, yeah. And I ended up working like six to two as a mechanical engineer. And then I would go up to Dogfish Head from like three till like sometimes 10 o'clock at night just because I loved working and learning about beer. And then I get up at six in the morning, go all over and do it again. I would repeat this over and over again for months just because I loved what I was doing. And uh, before you know it, they were like, do you want a job? And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a big big jump you know i mean you know making good money living in a beach condo right outside of (laughs) city maryland i was like man this is great and but i knew i didn't want to be stuck behind a desk all day and you know even at the 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 ripe age of like 25 i was like man i I, you gotta work a long time i want to be really happy at what i do it may not be the most profitable and it may not be what you know i gotta do but i gotta do what i gotta do and i followed it i was at dogfish head for a while and then i got an opportunity to come back up to Pennsylvania where I'm from and uh, we ended up being at a little brewery here called Appalachian Brewing Company. I was their head brewer there for a while and that led me to another place called, down the road called Boobies Brewery, spelled a little different than what we're used to thinking. <laughs> it's an old pre-prohibition brewery where they actually have caves underneath the uh, the town where they lager the beer and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. that was pretty cool. And I was there for a while doing that, and then, you know, it just kept going and going. And uh, in the more recent years, I took a little step back from brewing, and I owned a home brewing and winemaking supply store, again, because I wanted to promote home brewing, and I loved what I did, and wanted to share other experiences for people. Then a local brewery reeled me back in to work for them, and I got suckered in there. And Within the last two years, somebody approached me and said, "Do you want to own your own brewery?" And I said, "I'd love to." I, 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 you know, I just don't. Sorry, I don't have a half million bucks sitting around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, I got lucky and landed with uh, two partners that were very knowledgeable in the restaurant industry and very good, and knew that they needed a talented, you know, brewer and a good staff to keep things going. So, um, you know, back in. About June 2019, I sold my soul and wrote myself off on a contract saying now I'm now an owner of a brewery here in uh, Harrisburg, right? It's actually a small suburb called Marysville, but uh, I am now the proud brewer and owner of a brewery called Liquid Noise Brewing Company. Um, after about 12 to 14 years of just washing kegs and grunting, I feel like I finally made it somewhere. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll tell some more fun stories, but the dream came true. You know, we we bought this old building. It was an old grocery store, converted it, you know, even from top to bottom into this awesome, like, it's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. There's stage lights all over uh, in front of the tanks that make them look red, green, yellow, blue, very concert theme. uh, It's very, like, you know, very concert hall theme like in our our, na- our name liquid noise we like music and i mean obviously a big one is our other part owner is uh his he's in a band and tours around our area and his band manager is john moyer from disturbed and oh, okay he also tours with like three days grace and guys like that and uh so our, our theme is you know craft like a rock star and you know so it's very like it's like coming into a concert hall every time you come in for a beer you know what i mean 
music bumping, good acoustics, you know what I mean, rock music. It, it's it's pretty wild. And uh, the dream came true on July 18th. It was our opening door, <laughs> opening uh, day. We were just, like, going so busy for eight weeks, and then the great shutdown happened. You know, <laughs> we were open eight and a half weeks, and then... The, COVID happened. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild year. And I was telling your uh, your co-host here, Rob, as you were on the sound check, that I did everything wrong in 2020. I opened up a business, I bought a house, and I'm getting married. It's like, you shouldn't do any of those things in 2020. I literally followed the wrong handbook for 2020. Like, I did all those things in one 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 year so it's it's been a wild ride let me tell you but hey we're hanging in there you know what I mean? we stayed shut for about three and a half months but we're up again you know we're only allowed 25 percent capacity right now but the bills are getting paid and that's the most i can ask for right now i still love what i do you know what i mean like if you guys came in and had a beer and just were like this is really good that's what i live for anymore it, it really is it's just i'd rather make people happy and have a good time and show them a good time eating a really good pizza burger hanging out having a beer with us than making machine guns going to you know kill some innocent person you know what i mean drove me sure. nuts for a while. it was an ethical thing it killed me hated it so anyway oh. enough about me what's up with you guys no no <laughs> um so all the all the um states are different right like like yeah we, yeah, yeah we're all um, we're all on different things um there's a lot of politics you know obviously involved with all this um I am very happy to say I think our governor is very strong and very tough on what's going on, and he's not exactly a fan of the people right now, but he did a fantastic job for what we had to do. He you know, caught it early. He shut stuff down. He said, you can't do this, you can't do this, you know what I mean? And we're still we're still limping along right now, you know, as far as, you know, no high school sports, no Big Ten. Well, we have Big Ten football again, you know what I mean, but no fans, you know, no, you know what I mean? It, it, it's been a... It's been an interesting route that we followed, but I will say, you know, I think he's tougher than a lot of states, but in a good way. You know what I mean? And obviously being, you know, Pennsylvania is, you know, Philly on the right, Pittsburgh on the left, and Alabama in the middle. You know what I mean? It's just there's, you know what I mean? You get a lot of that, you know, backlash but I, I will say it's been tough but i'm glad we are doing it this way you know let's put it this way i'd rather be safe than sorry you know what i mean yeah our our states like rob and i our states are very drastically different in how they're handling everything um i'm just saying the you know the liquor lobby is the strongest political force in this state so sure. obviously the bars stay open yeah absolutely yeah yeah so, so um, we have here we have like a lot of restaurants and stuff really had to like pivot and really open up the outdoor seating yes. and stuff, which yep. is yep. which is just gonna fucking kill them here in like two months, right? When it's well, when it's like negative yeah. thirty. Um, that's where we're getting into next. Now everything has been outdoors, but it's like, what do we do? Winter's coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> Game of Thrones style. You know what do we do? You know? Yeah, like because you can only like. Outside heaters only do so much. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I smoked in my younger years, and like, sitting outside in front of a heater smoking a cigarette, you still get fucking cold. Oh, yeah. So, no, so you no. can't like sit out there and drink beer, yeah, right? For like two hours out outside, the winter is gonna basically kill you. No, 
And that's, you know, it's funny, conveniently, starting October 1st, they just said, now, we're allowed 50% occupancy, but only till like 10 o'clock at night, your last hmm. call's at 10 o'clock, you know what I mean? It, 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 there's so many caveats to it, but it's, it, it's, it's the food and restaurant and booze lobby complaining that, it, you know, in a matter of a month, it's going to get cold. I mean, out, cold is a relative to where you're at. <laughs> I get that, but it's going to be, you know what I mean, it's going to be a lot different you know what i mean and, and that's what exactly you're right the liquor lobby runs all you know what i mean i agree with you 100 percent. the plcb is i, I can't stand them they drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they too much bullshit paperwork and follow too many damn things but way whatever you know what i mean but they run the show you know so and do you guys have do you guys have some distribution stuff too like are you is it is a brewery mostly mm-hmm. um like serving alcohol or are you guys like distributing cans and bottles and stuff or so everything so we are you know we're a six thousand square foot facility with a full restaurant and a full bar on it too um pennsylvania has weird laws where if you're a brewery you can get this license where you can sell spirits and wine and cider as long as they're made in pennsylvania but you can't have like Jim Beam or something like that. You could have a distillery that's down the road that made bourbon, but it can't be Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, you know, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So we have a full bar as far as Pennsylvania stock products. And uh, so we, we have that, but we don't have a, uh, a canning line at this point. Canning lines, I mean, I'll tell you right now, even the shittiest of shit ones are about $150,000. And uh, so we, we are not something we're equipped with right now. So everything we've been doing is crawlers growlers to go that's cool and uh packaged uh our specialty uh barrel aged bottles uh a lot of our stuff we have a lot of specialty barrels and house red wine barrels white wine barrels portuguese muscatel barrels gin barrels rum barrels and a lot of that stuff we've emptied and hand bottled by hand you know 500 bottles at a shot so and cork and caged them and capped them so people can take them to go and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You just got to adapt with the times. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't have some fancy machine. You know what I mean? But you got to do you got to do something. But a lot of draft, a lot of draft to go is the big one. That's the big one. Yeah, that's cool. So you guys have been open for about uh, about a year now. Then a little bit uh, less. Yeah, I mean we we, we opened January eighteenth. And then we shut on March 15th and then reopened again in middle of June. I guess my question is, were you able to, those three months when you were closed down, were you able to work on your craft a bit? Or like, How do you feel with what you guys have available now versus what you had, say, when you opened in January? Well, I'll tell you what it, that, that time gave us to do, and I thought this was kind of nice, is – uh, we did get some um, PPE money and such like that for business relief and such like that. Uh, we did invest in some of that into getting some really specialty, uh, uh, you know, like these barrels I talk about. Like uh, we got some real nice Portuguese Muscatel barrels that came in from Portugal that are very rare, hard to get. We got some Californian Merlot barrels, Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. We got a local uh we got a barrel from uh, Chicago from a distillery called Kuval, and we made uh, a gin barrel beer and stuff like that. And that gave us time 
to fill those barrels because you need months contact on those for them to be really special and something really wonderful. Cause you know, as, as wood swells and contracts, you know what I mean? That's how your, the, the flavor of the Oak and the spirit get into your uh, product. Um, usually you want to put those things out, but you got to wait cause it's time when you, right. when you only have time, it was a great time to fill all that stuff and let it wait. So when June came back and we reopened, uh, we came out of the gate swinging with a lot of nice bottle releases, a lot of stuff ready to go. And, and you know what I mean? Stuff that was very rare and for our area to come out of the gate seeing, you know what I mean? Um, uh, if you look on our uh, Facebook page or anything such like that, we, we do a beer with that ages uh, really nicely with, it sounds weird, but hear me out. It has pureed uh, carrots in it, agave, hmm. agave syrup, and ginger. And when you look at it, we packaged it in hand bottles and champagne bottles and stuff like that. And when you just take a look at the glass, it is electric for less than orange. Really? <laughs> from the uh, carrots and everything. But yeah. it, doesn't taste like a, it doesn't taste like a carrot. I'll be honest with you. It tastes like the ginger and the agave. It's very, very... You know what I mean? But those do yeah. seem like the uh, stronger flavors in there over carrot. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It, it, it's it was it was cool though because you know people see that. That's one of those things people see at the table. They're like, "Holy hell, what's that? I gotta order that." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, because we had the time to do some of these higher end specialty projects. I mean that that that's kind of fun. You know what I mean? And that, and that gave us time to experiment with some of these valuable resources that we have like these specialty barrels and working with yeast that we uh, sourced out of like uh, uh, Lithuania and some coming out of uh, some far ends of Belgium which I thought were pretty cool you know what I mean that we had to wait a long time to get in the mail but you know what I mean that's awesome I mean it gave us time to, to really make some specialty stuff and uh, I don't think and I, I know that if you looked around the 10 other breweries in our area you know what I mean not many are doing the stuff that we're doing. And it's That's not just cool. weird for the sake of weird. It's, just, it's, it's tactfully done. You know what I mean? I'll, um, so I've, I've never been a fan. Well, until recently, I was never a fan of sours, right? Like, ah, uh, yes, yeah, so you will be. Give it a year or two. You'll be all over. No, oh, no, oh, no. So, it, no. That, that ship is already sailed. Yeah, He's yeah, now yeah. a fan. Yeah, yeah. So I went like, I don't know. What do you think? Two years ago? Three years ago? Probably. I was yeah. like, fuck that, dude. I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Yep. Right? <clears throat> um, I was on my IPA kick, right? You yep. know, just like everyone else. Um, but but as I slowly, like, opened up to Sours, we took a trip to New Mexico. And uh, we went to this this really great brewery in Albuquerque called Boxing Bear. And they mm -hmm. had uh, a goes. Um, mm, salty. And, and it was red. And, mm. and, you know, I just, I, I never order sours. So I've never like, you know, you see like the different shades of beer, but you never mm -hmm. see something like red or like you were saying like orange. Electric so, yeah. and it was amazing. And I tried it. I'm like, oh, this is going to taste like a fucking Mike's hard lemonade or some shit. And then you drink it and you're like, oh, oh, wow. These flavors. Yeah. They're very complex. I mean, that is some of the oldest. So a lot of that beer is what we call spontaneously fermented. Uh, they don't add a lot of them. Now, a lot of the ones in the United States are, but like if you go back to like Belgium, how they do it, they put the beer in basically a large pan and they let it cool overnight by letting it sit on the second floor of a loft in a barn and let and they open up the louvers in the in the in the barn and let the wild air cool it 
and the yeast that's in the air inoculates it and ferments it, and that's how it gets funky and sour. Huh. That's Crazy. how like that, and that's a style of beer called a lambic. So that would be like saying champagne isn't champagne unless it comes from champagne France or whatever. France. Well, yeah. lambic really isn't lambic unless it comes out of uh, Belgium and it's spontaneously fermented. So there are American brewers making spontaneously fermented ale, but it can't be called really lambic to be honest with you in the true way. Um, that is a very dicey project because you don't know what's in your air. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, we are very for So I, we have done the research and we have spontaneously fermented at our brewery and we have cultured yeast that we know works from the air and we keep repitching it. So it's, you know what I mean? And it works really well. So a lot of like, if you're in, if you're into sours, I think you'd be someone who really enjoys like our brewery because we have 15 drafts on it all the time. And it's usually like five are clean loggers, maybe a stout or two, one IPA, and that's it. And the rest are mixed fermentation, fruited sours, gozes, barrel-aged stuff, like barrel-aged sours, like stuff done in wine barrels, Chardonnay barrels, vermouth barrels, you know, gin barrels, you know what I mean? Um, I have all intentions of getting you guys friggin' boxes. I tried to go the other day in a hurry to the UPS, and we have the worst booze laws in the world because of friggin' Amish, of course. And... Uh, I tried to, and they were like slosh, and like, what are you sending? I'm like, uh, <laughs> water samples, and they're like, it's a, and you're from Liquid Noise. I'm like, yeah. They're like, is this beer? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, uh, well, if it is, you know, that breaks. That's not a, you know, that's a big. Oh, you can't do that. I'm like, shit. I just took the box and walked away. You know, because I pissed off. <laughs> so I'll go to a, I'll go to a FedEx or so. FedEx is usually pretty good. They don't. Well, We'll we'll make a we'll probably make a PA trip. I think when COVID lifts, anyways, we gotta go bug our buddy Cliff over uh, over near Philly. So uh, make a midway stop. What do you think, Rob? Out of curiosity, I always cap bit him. That's yep. a yes. He got me. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Little little butthole decided to sit on my lap and bite my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you need Boston's, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Come on, man. As long as you like a perpetually uh, farting little animal that sounds like a pig and likes to sit in your lap like a cat. It's kind of a dog. Smells like a cow, but they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Rob Rob has a pretty sweet dog, though. He has a he has a very old elderly man that lives in his house. Two days away from 15 years to the day that I got him. So what kind of dog is that? What's that? What kind of dog is that? He's a Aussie Shepherd uh, mix. So he's about That's 80 old. pounds, 75 pounds. So That's old for those kind of dogs, yeah. Dude, I know for a dog his size, 15 years, that's uh oh, that's an old man. He's still still able to jump up into my like 4 foot high bed every night and yeah. stuff like that. So I mean, he's old and he's slowing down, but he's still wow. for a dog of his age in amazing shape. So Good God. The only thing that's gonna outlive him is a tortoise or an oak tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's seventeen, so what? I'm just like oldpets.org over here. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. I hear a Sarah McLaughlin song in the SPCA playing any second here. Like, oh God, it, you now know the things that uh, haunt my dreams at night. <laughs> God, you have to count. You have to cut them in half and count the rings when they go. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. So, all right. So you walk up to a new brewery 
let's say hypothetically. Sure. New bar. Sure, new bar. What what's the what's the first kind of beer you're looking for? For uh, you. Good question. Yeah. Uh, and I, I advise this to uh, a lot of the guys. I'd say or girls. I'll say is if you want to find out how good of a brewery they are, order their lightest option. Hmm. It's the hardest beer to brew. I promise. I you. heard that. You can't hide any flaws. If it tastes like shit, the rest of the beers are going to be rough. I'm telling you, if you know they're a quality brewery, if they can make a good light lager, cream ale, blonde ale, whatever, and you're like, damn, that's good, I will promise you the rest of their beers are going to be good. That's a tough style. Anything, there's, you, you have nothing to hide. You you have nowhere to hide behind it. So, you know what I mean? And then if you want to judge, you know, how they're hoppy beer and stuff like that, it's gonna be, just go with the pale ale. So you then, know? what's the... Um... Okay, so I've I've heard that before. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've heard that that light beers are the hardest to make because arguments always like, well, Bud Light's really hard to make because it you is. can't it's hide not, anything. I mean, it's it's hard to make and it's also hard to make consistently. Like, you know, why does a Big Mac taste like a Big Mac whether you order it in Seattle or order it in Boston? Because it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, no, it's not the best hamburger you ever ate, but it's it's the fact of. They have the process nailed down so good. It's so damn consistent. You know what I mean? And that's Budweiser and Coors and all those guys and such like that, you know? Yeah. It's very, very consistent. You know, that yeah, makes me think. That blows my mind uh, when it comes to Guinness. Like, if you have Guinness in Ireland or sure. even in England, the taste's different than the Guinness you get over here, too. I assume some of that's the, you know, the preservatives they have to do to ship and stuff like that. But Water. to hit it. Yeah. To hit it consistently, like, it doesn't feel like it's as consistent as, like, Miller Lite. You have a Miller Lite, it tastes the same whether right. I'm in England or whether I'm drinking it off the line in Milwaukee. Correct. Well, you know, I mean, that's definitely more of a, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not 100%, but it's definitely more of an American thing than it is a, Euro, you know, a cultural European thing or such like that. Right. Uh, matter of fact, I, you know, um, I, you know, Harrisburg is kind of like right on the border, like, not right on the border, maybe about 30, 40 minutes away from uh, the Maryland. And we're about an hour from Baltimore, hour and a half from Baltimore. And they just put the first Guinness brewery outside of Ireland in Baltimore. Yeah, I saw and that. I was down there not too long ago. And uh, it's wild. It's um, it's really good. And they actually have legitimate kegs from Ireland there. And then they have the ones that they brewed in Baltimore, and you can tell there's a slight difference, but you know they're, they're totally cool advertising it like that. You know what I mean? They they really are like, eh, it's so subtle. You know what I mean? That's like, eh. most people won't yeah. be able to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. It, it, it's really cool. I mean, just to check it out, they they do a good job of mimicking the water and such like that as they do in Ireland and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter. You're still never gonna nail it perfectly right on the head. You know what I mean? Right. Unless you're running a complete chemical zone process kind of like what Budweiser does you know what I mean and stuff like that they're they're very they're they're more of like a chemical processing plant than a brewery anymore <laughs> I mean you need to be a food scientist to really be any kind of worker there you know what I mean rather than a brewer you know so oh I'm sorry go go Rob I was gonna say one of the a girl I went to high school with her her dad came from South Africa to work at Miller and he's like yep was like one of five people in the world who had some combination of uh, science degrees to yep. like work for them. And so they like, you know, 
gave him the work visa and stuff like that to come to uh, come to Miller and work on that. It's like if you looked at his degrees, you're like, this guy's a brewer. It sounds right. like he should be working in a lab somewhere. And it, right. I mean, it really, he was, I guess, technically. Well, absolutely. He probably could be working for, you know, a nuclear facility. You know what I mean? But honestly, he's making Miller. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to be a when you get into that such high consistency product like that. I mean, those guys are the amount of detail is just sickening what those guys do. I mean, it is sickening. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it's staggering. I, I, I mean, I could, I could sit and nerd out on it for an hour to the point of that they will filter, test, smell, and like even taste water that's been carbonated with CO2 from different areas because CO2 tastes different from different areas and stuff like that. Dude, it's weird. It's so weird. Like they, they filter it all to the right nanogram and all this crap and it, it, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. It, it's nuts. It's staggering. Huh. I mean, you're, you're again, you're a food engineer or a chemical processor at that point, you know what I mean? Some of the artistry has gone at that point in time. Yeah, you're pushing buttons. You're, you're, <laughs> I mean, really? What, what the hell? You know what I mean? There's, oh, it's got to be all automated. I'm, I'm sure even when you get to like brews like Surly or yeah, if you're even in like uh, Wisconsin, I'm sure you know New Blaris. And yep. yep. They're about uh, 20 minutes from my house. Oh, please mail me everything they have. Dude, uh, you'll so appreciate this. Though, it's just like it, those guys, I mean, I have no disrespect for them, but when you get that large, you have to make a consistent product so well that people expect it every time. Where yeah. If we're a small five, seven barrel pub, you know what I mean, like we are, people are okay with a little bit of variance here and there. But when you're nationally, just not nationally, but even you're getting on a multiple state distribution chain and stuff like that, you have to have a computerized and automated system to be doing these things for you. And it's really just running a program. You know what I mean? Where on my system, we're making 300 gallons on a shot, which is a big system, but you know, we still move hoses manually from one thing to the next. We, we open up valves. We, you know what I mean? We dump stuff in, we're doing stuff like that. It's not like just load up a hopper and hit a button and it dumps it in for you and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's not like I, you know, it's not like a Keurig brew system. You know what I mean? That's essentially what I would say. You know what I mean? That's a big difference when you get into, like, big, big breweries. Like, even, uh, you know, Derek, you would talk about, like, uh, you talk about, uh, like, Melissa and our... Yeah, right? yeah, she works for Summit. You know Summit, Rob. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a massive brewery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, she's like, oh, yeah, I work on the shift brewer. I'm one of the shift brewers. I said... I go, when's the last time you unhooked the hose and moved it around? Something like that. She's like, oh, probably like, you know, six years. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, it, it's just because it's all on solenoids and valves, and you just hit a button, dumps things for you. Oh, hit it clean. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's I mean, Summit, Summit was like the only like homebrew underground yeah. brewery before Surly even came around. Like they've been established for a long time. They've been around since the 90s. Yeah, they've been, they've been hustling and like i'm so so with their beer you know everyone everyone has their own styles you know yeah yeah, i hear you um i probably will try more of their beers because i really like melissa like (laughs) she's a cool person i'm like okay you you had some hand in this like i will totally drink any beer that you suggest no 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 i get that too for sure but you know you know what i mean like yeah it's approachable stuff i I think you would find that most even non-craft 
beer drinkers can approach their beer and be comfortable with it. And yeah, it's something yeah. you can have a beer with your uncle, your dad, your mom, your grandpa, and they're all going to be like, oh, this is all pretty good. You know what I mean? It's, you're not giving them a cranberry goes, you know what I mean, fermented over this where it's sour and wonky and weird. It might be like, holy crap, this is the weirdest shit I've ever put in my mouth. You know what I mean? I think that's why Nuclearis is as popular as they are because Spotted Cow, man. Like, well, everyone loves Spotted Cow for what it is. Fantastic beer for what it is, man. I mean, there's just... Nuclearis, I've been saying for a year, makes beer-flavored beer. Re- yeah. And it's really well. It's yeah. well-made stuff. Like, their Moon Man Wheat, their Spotted Cow, the... Fat squirrel. squirrel. Something Squirrel, yeah. Fat like, Squirrel, yeah. And then, all of, then, of course, you get into those those ones like the the serendipity, the, the Wisconsin Red. You know what I mean? Am I, yep. So my sister just had her baby two weeks ago. Sure. And the one thing that she's been wanting for nine months is a Wisconsin Red. They're free. So, <laughs> so she gave she had her baby, and the very next week, I drove to Wisconsin and picked up some Wisconsin, a couple of packs of Wisconsin Red for her and brought them back to her house. And I'm like, here you go. You can drink now. That shit's so good. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like drinking jelly. I mean, it's like drinking like cherry jelly. It is yeah. so good. I mean, I will say as far as fruit beer, beer goes, they really pioneered that super heavy, heavy fruit content beer, which is, I think, what put them on the map for sure. You know what I, I mean? Think, I I've I've found that a lot of people can't hit cherry beers well. No, it goes somewhere between cough medicine and real cherry. You know. What yeah, I mean? like I've had a lot of bad cherry beers, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to get you a bottle of one. We do. Um, Creek is a name of the Flemish name for cherry, and we do one. We call it Intense Creek. Most breweries usually use two, one to two to three pounds of cherries per gallon. In ours here, we do um, we do them in Merlot barrels, and then we uh, age it with six pounds of cherries per barrel, hmm. and, and we leave the the pits in. Now the pits actually have arsenic in them, which is which hear me out, which sounds bad, but when arsenic ferments with Britannomyces and some of the wild yeast that goes on uh, in these barrels, it converts to a um, a flavor compound called cinnalol. And cinnalol is cinnamon. And when it, like, comes out in the beer, it tastes like cinnamon pie mixed with the cherry. Oh. It, it's weird because it, you, you'll drink the beer and be like, oh, my God, it tastes like, like cherry pie with a little bit of a cinnamon taste. But there's no cinnamon in the beer. It's all from the arsenic that's converted from the cherry pits in the beer. Huh. It's wild. It's really good. It's really wild. It's good. Really good. That is cool. Yeah, that's a really nice beer. It's stupid ass expensive beer to make, but it's worth it. You know? yeah. so okay, good. so we have we have the uh, if I'm walking into a beer and I want to judge the brewery, we'll try their light beer. Now, Absolutely. as someone who makes beer mm-hmm. and loves beer, what is your personal happy happy beer beer that you're hoping that they have on the menu, or what what are you looking for for your enjoyment? If I walk in and say this is what I want, I definitely am always looking for like. I think you said earlier, Seneca Ale, like Saison, Farmhouse, Grisette. That tends to be my uh, catch-all style. And I, I think it's kind of a neat style because there's no real definition of what it is. It's con- con- consistently made up of a portion of wheat, a portion of barley, and then there's usually like a weird grain in there, like rye, oats, buckwheat, you know, anything else in there. And then it can be either funky, sour, not 
sour, what we call clean. Some can have fruit, some can have spices, some can have not have spices, but anything that tends to be farmhouse styled, I like it. I think it's really rustic and it gives you a really awesome feeling of like, you know, what they just, whatever you had laying around, you would make beer with at the end of the season or the end of your harvest. And it was kind of like, okay, that's what we drank next year. We put it in our little dirt cellar and that's what we drank next year. You know what I mean? And Hmm. I I feel like I get that rustic feel from it. You know what I mean? Like it's like. <laughs> we we think of our working as man beers like Bud Light, but I I, th- I think of like the old world, plow you know plowing a field like working as man beer was like a farmhouse beer or something like that. You know what I mean? We worked in the field all day and boom, we have this highly carbonated scrap grain left over from the grain harvest and you know oh well we had some squash left and oh we had some uh, raspberries left and they just got all kids in the pool and they made the weirdest shit they possibly could. And I thought it was really cool. Huh. Mm-hmm. I like stuff like that. I think that's really neat. Just my saison farmhouse is definitely my jam. You know what I mean? By by far, dry, peppery. You know what I mean? I, I love it. I love it. You know. But that's not to say I don't like a good, thick, heavy stout every once in a while. I mean, I'll definitely go for those like gut busters, like ten, eleven, twelve percent, like super heavy, decadent sweet stouts. You know what I mean? But in small moderation, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Rob? What have, what is what's been on your palate lately? Uh you know, this is going to kill me a little bit because I am not a fan of seasonal beers and that I don't think that good beers should be held to only one season. If you like a beer, you should be able to get whenever you want. However, uh <laughs> Yes, we got to ask this question next. Oktoberfest beers are coming out, and a good Oktoberfest beer is pretty enjoyable. There's a lot of crappy ones out there. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you run into a good one, uh, I am pretty happy about that. So that's been the the place down the street from me. Uh, Hop House has got their, their seasonal Oktoberfest, and I've had a couple of those. And I'll probably have a couple more next weekend since uh, it's a block away. Dude, sitting wow. outside on a fall day with an Oktoberfest and a frosty mug is like my Dude, happy yeah. place in the fall. hundred percent. It is. It is very, it, it's very good lager season right now. Like, like amber to dark lager. So yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I got 300 gallons. I got to put in the tank. I got to put in the bright tank this week coming up of, a, of a, the same thing. You know what I mean? It's about seven and a half percent Bach lager. You know what I mean? I mean, but the, you're right. It's that time of the season. It's perfect for it. You know? So I mean, we, <laughs> I can drink it at any time of year, but apparently it's only on the shelves for this stretch. Well, you box the other one that I drink. So we're putting the winter beers out. Just wait, you know? <laughs> so we've, we've had uh, a three year long argument uh, <laughs> or joke, more of a joke, right? Yeah. Uh, going about uh about Rob's hate for seasonal beers, the fact that beers are seasonal. Oh sure. And my uh and my um just edging the joke on forever. Um, so, what is your take? Are beers seasonal from from someone who who has brewed beers? From a okay, so from a sales standpoint. I guess you know what I mean, but you know, from me personally, no, I agree with Rob. I think you should be able to get whatever the hell you want, whenever you want. You know what I mean? And but I, I can see why you know we all have to bow to the the slave of the almighty dollar and brew our whatever beers for the season. You know what I mean? With the only exception being 
uh, friggin' damn pumpkin beer. You know what I mean? It's not that I hate pumpkin beer, but it's like I have love and hates with it. I feel like th- there's a local brewery out here that I, I swear they race to be the first one. They'll put it out in the friggin' end of June. It drives right, me right. Right, and that, and I think that's bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're kill, you're you know, you're breaking up the band, Yoko. You're killing it. It's too early. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I also don't want to be drinking it in February. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's that's maybe the weird exception, but like, also like Christmas box and like holiday beers. I mean, they're just, I don't know. If you want that shit, drink it throughout the year. But there's usually spicy and Christmas spicy with cinnamon, allspice, net, nutmeg, and all that jazz. You know what I mean? But, man, if you want to drink that shit in July, go ahead. You know what I mean? I don't really care. But You do make a solid argument that there are a whole bunch of different styles that I don't personally care for that yeah. probably fit to a season. Yeah. But in my yeah. mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty Bach heavy here in that I love my box. Sure. I wish I could sure. drink fresh my box all year round instead of having to buy a whole bunch of the spring and then hope it doesn't go skunky by the time correct fall runs around correct uh same with oktoberfest that kind of stuff that i like that you know six and a half to eight and a half percent bach that uh has a little bit of you know a little bit of edge to it but is also not super hoppy uh i'd like to get that year round instead of just running the please don't go skunky please don't go skunky gambit each time yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think there's always room to have stuff like that on a menu. It's just people always are like, well, we got to be brewing this because it's February or this, you know what I mean? Like, like the other one is chocolate. We always got to brew a friggin' chocolate beer in February because of, you know, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Like, yeah, that's so it's, funny. But it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a lot of great recipes that people do and can make throughout the year that have cocoa in it or chocolate you know i mean we don't need to have it you know what i mean like only in the one thing is we keep a uh i'm a big coffee snob too i love coffee yeah and uh, a friend of mine here is the only like female roaster in the state and she owns her own little coffee roaster down the road from our brewery and we use a coffee she roasted especially for beer because it has to be a little bit oilier a little bit darker and it, I mean, it, it, it's a little brash to drink in a cup, but in a beer, it's wonderful. And, um, you know, we serve it all summer and it, it's like black coffee, like stout. And people are like, oh, I don't want to be drinking that in the middle of July. Guess what? I sell more of in July than I do in January. The freaking coffee stout. Go figure. You know what I mean? I, I, why? You know what I mean? Who knows? But I don't believe in that whole nonsense of like, well, I can only have this, this, you know what I mean? So. Dude, a coffee stout is good year round. I will 100% back that. Yeah, I love coffee beer, though. I love coffee, yeah. though. Maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah but me too. Me too. I will say, if it's like July and 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to go for like a sour, right? Or oh, like or, yeah. or like a cream ale or something like that. But if I'm sitting around a campfire at night and I go to look in the fridge and I have a coffee stout and like a sour, I might grab the coffee stout no, because I, the sun's down. It's yeah. maybe not as humid anymore. Like it's a hard uh, argument. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all either. I think that's a great style that originally started in the winter, the fall and the winter, and now you're starting to see them more and more throughout the whole year now. You know what I mean? I think yeah. you look ten years ago, that would be something to be like, ooh, that's a fall or winter release. You know what I mean? But now it's like july june all year all year you know what i mean i've been loving the peanut butters too like you find a good peanut butter beer man 
Few like and a, far between. Few, it, yeah. It, yeah, it is. But when you find a good one, it's like, or yep. coconut. Coconut porters too, man. Oh, I like coconut. Gosh. Yeah, that coconut. We did a, um, a big... We oh, we, a, we're good. We did a big um, porter that we did in a rum barrel with cocoa nibs and toasted coconut. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Was that dangerous? That was dangerous. I mean, it tasted like an Almond Joy with, like, rum in it. It was nuts. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, super boozy, but it was just, like, really, really good. You know, toasted coconut and everything, you know? It was fantastic. I think that those two are a lot better, and I guess maybe this is for most beer, but a lot better, like, off the tap than buying it canned in the store. I don't know what it is about that, but, like... Yeah. It just it just feels like fresher almost. I would agree with you. Like I said, and you know, I think I was telling you earlier, a can a good canning machine doesn't even really start until about one hundred fifty thousand. So if you do start to get like a cheaper one, they don't purge the oxygen out of the can properly, and okay. it has to be like purged, filled, and seamed in a matter of like a split second. And if your machine isn't doing that there's a more chance you're going to get oxygen in it and your cans are going to not hold up as well as long. You know what I mean? So that tends to be what differentiates between a shitty canning machine and a good one. You know what I mean? Is how fast it can purge, fill, seam, and rinse and get it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then also if you do it one at a time, two at a time, or a hundred at a time, you know what I mean? It just depends. But so when you see like small, small breweries, and I, I and I say like you know little bit, you know, hundred, two hundred gallon breweries, maybe maybe three hundred gallons, you know what I mean, just a little one, and you uh, see they have a canning machine, it makes me wonder like what did they invest in it, you know what I mean? And I, I know that's kind of judgy as me as a brewer, but it's like, you know, to get, I mean, it, it's just a reality. Canning machines are not cheap, you know what I mean? So yeah. my opinion is I don't want to go out and blow money on a fifty thousand dollar one if it's a piece of shit. I'd rather wait a year or two until we can get a good one and then we can push our beer out farther and fresher. That's my opinion. Well, and you that's the thing, man. Like <clears throat> if you if you go cheap on that investment and then your product gets out there and right. your product is tainted due to oxygen, yeah. like yeah. Like, you just fucked yourself. Right. With 10,000 beers on the <clears throat> shelf anymore, you know what I mean? It's you, you get one chance, you know what I mean? And as with everything in our brewery, when, we, when I helped design the brewery, you know, we spent a lot more than I wanted to in the brewery. But I'll tell you what, the equipment is making some great stuff. And we have a lot nicer features than some of the other stuff in the area, you know, minus, like, you know, some of the million-dollar ones. But, I, I, you know, I say, you know, it's buy once, cry once. That's my mentality. You know what I mean? You know, we just do it, get it right, and get it done the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense, man. Yeah, for sure. Why, why sacrifice it, you know? So when you're – so I, I've um, – I helped Ted, TJ, in our run group. Um, when he was making some homebrews, I helped him cap some bottles. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so – so when you guys are hand capping those bottles, like when when Ted was doing it, there's obviously overflow, right? Because you got to fill the bottle like right. full, and then and so do you guys? Is that is that similar with your process? Like you're filling it like overflow. You have to overflow it a little when you when you can it or bottle it that way, so you don't get the oxygen the same way you're talking cans. Or so we have a little thing that when we fill it, um, it fills from the bottom up, 
and then it it's weighted perfectly so that when you pull so it's like a dip tube that goes down the bottle oh sure it fills up the whole bottle coming up and then when you notice the bottle's full you pull it out it leaves a perfect one and a half inch like gap between the cap and the the neck oh okay does that make sense like it's like the displacement of the tool actually leaves you a perfect gap each time that's kind of like how you do it it's that makes sense yeah 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 yeah. You, you know you have it it fills, it fills up, fills up, fills up, and you fill it up right to the rim. And then when you, there's like a hose, and when you pull the bottle out, it leaves a perfect one and a half inch, like gap, in, in the neck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's so it's cool. not overflowing okay. anywhere and shit like that. You know, because you need a little bit of a headspace. You know what I mean for the CO2 to do its thing. You know, but yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm really, so, su- I'm really surprised you're like sitting upright after doing like 28 miles the other day, by the way. <laughs> Do you run all those miles or you, did you hike them? No. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we can talk about running. Oh, we've moved on to the running part of the discussion. We, uh, no, we can talk about beer too still. Um, so with, so my cousin that, that went out with me, um, she's through hike that trail. So this trail, it starts in Canada and goes down to Wisconsin. Um, and when they just through hiked it, it took them um, 14 days, Oof. like from start to finish. Um, and they just mailed themselves supplies. And then you mm-hmm. can go to the, like the small towns and pick up your, your mm-hmm. mailed supplies and keep hiking. And then she's also run a 50 mile race on there and she's run the hundred mile race on there. And so, so she knew she knew the trail well, which is why she was my Sherpa. And I, I mean, she's my cousin, but I just, I jokingly call her my Sherpa, but she, you know, made sure that we had all the supplies and everything that we need. Um, but her biggest thing is when you're running distance, you walk up hills and then you run flats and run down. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we went out this weekend, we kept a very casual pace. Um, so when I've been in in the woods with her on some trails around the cabin and some other places up north, we've been between like 14 and 18 minute miles. Oh, wow. And to, yeah, and to put this in context for like, for like people, um, I road run, when I run on the road, I run like eight and a half to nine and a half minute mm-hmm. miles. So this weekend we were averaging like 18 to 20 minute miles. So like double the time of what, what we run on the road. So she, and she has not been training like all three of her hundred mile races got canceled this year. So she can still throw down, but she hasn't been like training for races or anything. So we took a very casual approach. So it was, it was a lot of hiking up and then running, running ridgelines and then bombing down hills. And then you get to another hill and fucking hike up, run ridgelines, run down. So, but it's the, the, the theory behind it is it's energy conservation, right? So like distance, you know, this man, you, you ran, Brad ran is the marathon with me for those of you uh, Mm -hmm. who haven't pieced it together. Mm -hmm. So, um, virtual marathon, virtual marathon. Yes. Yes. It was, it was actually, uh, him and I, um, and Melissa that we talked about that did it. So, um, we ran, well, she did, she did what? She did a half, right? She did a half, I believe. Yeah. She did a half. First half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, anyways, but you you know, man, like mm-hmm. it's all about energy conservation. So if you run up the hill, you're going to burn your fucking legs out and then you aren't going to be able to lay down like crazy yeah. mileage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, that's where I'm still. I, it, it's definitely when I first got out there, I was like, oh, this is such a mental screw with me because I, I want to bomb. Up run. There. I want to run yeah. the whole time. And I'm always like, you know what I mean, and I, I feel like a puss when i'm trying to like not do it but it's like all right no 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 we're trying to go longer we're trying to go longer you know what i mean i know i know the feeling i know the feeling running downhills is fucking crazy at elevation like you have mountains so like i'm sure you know oh yeah because you've you've been out on the mountains but dude running down some of those rock fucking declines this weekend it was just like you have to it's almost it's almost faster than you can comprehend what's going on, right? Like, yeah, so you're absolutely. watching the ground, and as soon as you see the next step, your foot is in that spot, like, within a half second. Oh, absolutely. So you have to, like, scan the ground and make a call and dedicate yourself to that call. And if you second guess for, like, if you hesitate, you're fucking done. Oh. Like, you... Uh, you wow. Yeah, you have to just fucking... You have to just be like, all right, this foot's going here, here, here. And we passed, like, when people were, when we got to some busier places um, where there was access from roads, like, on, on some of those trails, you'd see people, and we called them, <laughs> my cousin calls them swallows, because, you know, when sailors are out at sea and they start coming back to the mainland, they know that the they were by the, the mainland, because like they'd <laughs> see the swallows. So she's like, you always know that we're getting close to a highway or a state park because you start, start seeing swallows, which is oh, like I'm people using that. I love yeah, it. <laughs> people in like athletic gear with like no supplies on them or like children or like the right. elderly. <laughs> right, so yeah. I like so, that. Yeah, so we'd be running and then we just like we wouldn't have seen anyone for like 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden we see like like three girls wearing like like yoga pants and like yeah. no water with them or anything. And we're like swallows. swallows. So, so it was, yeah, we were bombing down this one hill and there's there's some people coming up and they saw us and they moved to the side. And, you know, once we saw that they moved to the side, we continued bombing down the hill. And this lady at the bottom, she's like running down rocks. You guys are running down rocks. And as we're, we can, yeah, we're like, hi, you know, have a good hike. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. we keep, we keep going. And as we're like disappearing down the hill, we just hear going, they're running down rocks. What are they thinking? <laughs> She's trying to Karen you as you're going down the hill. I, I, that's what I, I was that's like, funky. I was like hiking Karen of the, yeah, of the rock face, man. Well, <laughs> when you uh, miss your step and bounce your face off a tree, she's the one who's going to have to call the paramedics for you. Dude, there was there was a couple a couple yeah. fucking close calls this weekend for sure. Where you haven't ate it yet on the trail, have you? Fuck no, I was very close a number of times. Oh, I showed you the pictures. I yeah, <laughs> I went down. So my so my business partner, his brother, is a ranked one hundred um, ultra marathoner in the country. And he was like, hey, you want to go out for a run? I'm like, yeah, it's my first trail run ever. This is perfect. That was the dumbest idea I ever could have done. I was flying to keep up with this guy, number one. I hit so hard three times. The first one wasn't too bad. Just blew my knee open. Not too bad. Just cut and bloody. The second one, I hit my hip so bad. I had a baseball on the side of my hip for like two weeks. It was just shit. And I say that uh, picture. The third one, yeah. I hit my forehead. I was bleeding down my forehead like, like, like I got hit in the – like it was just terrible, and we're coming down this hill, kind of like what you're saying. There was these moms, and they're like, "Oh my god, 
you're bleeding. You're bleeding. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And they're like, oh my God, should we call someone? I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> you do not want to eat it on rocks, man. It, it, it's just, it's a whole different kind of hurt at our age, man. It sucks. It's not- Well, and you put down some crazy miles that day too. Like you guys had a really fast pace and you did like 13 plus, didn't you? Yeah, we did 15 that day. Yeah, <sighs> average pace on like this horrible, horrible incline and shit was like a 10 minute mile. Yeah, that's fucking insane, dude. Yeah, that is insane. We were crawling. I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. He's terrible. He's so fast. He's he's unbelievable. He's. You ever see the Barkley Marathon? I've heard about it. I haven't watched it though. Um, Yeah, he he does the Barkley. He's did Leadville. He's done Western States. I'm like, dude, you're a machine. I can't. Yeah, Barkley's is supposed to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, Um, this guy's a machine. (laughs) He's like, oh yeah, we're really going slow at like ten mile. 10, you know, 10, 10 minute pace as we're like running uphill around rocks. And if you know anything about the Appalachian Trail or anything, like you read about people who hike the whole Appalachian Trail, the number one thing everybody bitches about is Pennsylvania. They call it Rocksylvania. It's like where people break their ankles like left and right. The whole, like people will be like, oh, I just hiked, you know, 1500 miles. I got to Pennsylvania, boom, broke both my ankles. It's <laughs> there goes my trip before I reach the end. Yeah, it's called Rocksylvania. It's a nightmare, and that's where we, we that's where I do all my trail running. I was on the Appalachian Trail. It sucks. It is technical as a motherfucker. It sucks. Yeah, it was it was funny because he's like, because you know we were talking about running this trail race in October, and um, and Brad's like, yeah, I'm gonna go out today, like you know, my business partner's brother. And he texts me when he gets back. And like, I saw his mileage and I'm like, damn dude. And then he texts me the photos and he's got like this fucking gash and blood <laughs> coming down his forehead and his legs all fucking split open crazy. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, I remember that guy, man. He's a machine. I, it's no, no. I told him I'll pace him somewhere. Like if he wants to go, like I'll, I'll be like a guy who paces with him for a little bit. I said, but that's it. I can ride with you forever. You suck. I was telling him. Yeah, I'm but, I'm really sad that um it's taken me this long to find this trail up by us. Um I wish I would have known about it earlier, but I I think I think in the next week or two I'm probably gonna take a day off and just it's like a two hour drive from my house. Drive up there and just run for a day and then drive home. Go for it. Just scout it. Yeah, I'm trying to get ready. I'm I'm slacking. I gotta get going again. I gotta get back on the dirt tomorrow and then uh Hopefully, I, I, I get married on the 4th, so I'm hoping to do two weeks after that. I want to, a week or two after that, I want to try to do the 50K. I'm yeah. Do it then. So I don't want to go That's... into, like, just in case I eat shit, I don't want to be going to my wedding with, like, like a cast audience or some dumb shit, you know? Damn, dude, the fourth, that's coming up fast. Real quick, I know, right? So that's why I'm, like, getting close. I'm trying to get all the beer done, get everything ready, and shit like that but we're getting that's gotta be so around here like the colors just started popping you guys are a little south of us does that mean that like you're gonna get fall colors and stuff like that around that time of year yeah yeah that that's around prime prime time for all that is right about the beginning of october yeah yeah nice yeah we're getting she was like telling me she's like i was telling her like maybe i'll do like a run in the morning before she's like no don't do anything dumb before the raid or she's like just relax I'm like, you're a bitch. Come on, you're killing me. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go out and do it, but I was like, nope, I'll wait. So I'm gonna do it afterwards. Like, I gotta go out and do the 50k. I'm gonna try to break it into three 10 mile sections. I think three people are gonna run with me on different 10 miles. Oh, nice. And then at we, that point, they're gonna 
you know, help me with food and water and shit like that. Cause I'm not going to carry a ton. Yeah. We still don't know where we're doing it. Um, as, as winter approaches, uh, I think it's getting closer and closer to the cities, which sucks. But I think yeah. a lot of people, the, the people that we have that are going to do it with us, I don't think they want to go and rent a hotel like in northern Minnesota, you right. know, with COVID and shit. So, right. I or think we might do somewhere that's drivable. In northern Minnesota, hard stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, it's the Pennsylvania of the upper Midwest. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Pennsylvania. So, you know, like I said, Pittsburgh on the left, Philly on the right, Alabama in the middle, man. I'm telling you, it's the, the land that time forgot. Yeah, it can be it can be interesting up north, but there's some cool people, too. But yeah, we're we're actually doing this podcast tonight because my anniversary is tomorrow. So we also did the fall thing. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. We got, you got anything crazy planned or? I do, uh, but uh, I don't. Okay. I don't know if she's can hear me because our bedroom's right above us. So I got to keep it a secret. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, cool. I'll, cool. I'll text you, but yes, yeah. I said text that. That's cool. Yeah, we got. We have Grandma coming over at eight a.m. to watch the kids, and we're gonna go go escape for the day, and then yeah, should be cool. I love that you got the kids on like skateboards and shit and like doing all that stuff. That's so like my 15 year old me is like, yes, <laughs> dude. And it's so I was super bummed because they got super into skating when we bought it for them in the early summer, early summer. Right. Then humidity hit and being a kid wearing shorts and like pads and helmets nah, and like when it hits like the 80s and humid they get around the block like twice and they'd be like, no, I don't want to do this. This is sucks. Like these pads are hot. Like, so I brought them out last week now. That, so I like, I recognize like they hate it cause they're hot. So I brought them out last week when it was like in the sixties or fifties or whatever it was. And they're like, Oh, I love skating again. And I'm like, yeah, it's better when you're not sweating, isn't it? They're yeah. like, yeah, this is great. So like today, I couldn't take them because we had to do some schoolwork stuff with them. But they're like, when my daughter woke up, she's like, Dad, can we go skating today? I'm like, oh, yes. I love you so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man, that's awesome. Kids are exhausting. I was hanging out with Bryce and his uh, his crew yesterday. We mm-hmm. rough house for like 20 minutes. His damn kids are getting big now, and like I have to be smart when I'm ref- wrestling with them, otherwise they can hurt me. Like <laughs> the eleven-year-old was hanging on my leg, and I'm like, he can't move my feet, so I was like, mess with the other two, and he gave it a good yank, and my leg just like slid over a couple of inches, and I'm like, ooh, I need to make sure oh, I keep shit. weight on that so that uh, I don't rip up my knee messing around with a bunch of kids. Oh, I got home, shit. you know, it was like. We we messed around for like half an hour, just like roughhousing and putzing around. I laid down to read, and I was just like, I hurt everywhere. They're just <laughs> little kids. Why are they so difficult? But like, I mean, they're 20 pounds heavier than the last time we hung out and played together. And mm-hmm. It's just bigger, stronger. I'm not looking forward to the day that uh, they whoop my ass when we start roughhousing. <laughs> you might be 20 pounds lighter too than the last oh, time definitely more than that i think the last time i saw them was like may-ish so oh yeah i'm i'm down 30 from then oh like, shit that's great man so yeah so brad so brad actually has uh been doing the weight loss thing too or did the weight loss thing so so i went down 
I went down 70, 75 pounds of yeah. somewhere, somewhere in there. Rob, what are you up to now? Uh, from the, the diabetes diagnosis uh, four years ago, I'm down 120. Holy uh, shit. From the start of our, like, from the start of uh, 2019, it's 80 pounds. Holy shit. And man. he's not he's not like a weird cardio guy like me and you. Like he's he he's a, a streak of like, not running uh, lifter. Lifestyle. lifestyle and you know weights. My, yeah. my streak of not running died last week when we uh pulled the 200 pounds behind a sled in the parking lot for 50 Get feet back and forth. <laughs> that is a monumental amount of weight. That's crazy. So it, Brad, uh, you feels t- a lot better. Well, yeah, no, no, I hear you, man. I was, I was, oh god, I, I could sit and tell you for. I mean, I was only. You did like the weight loss thing too, man. I hated it. I was, I was two hundred forty pounds, and I was just like, oh, I was on heartburn, or heartburn, cholesterol, you know, blood pressure, uh, you know, all, all kind of dumb shit. And I was just like, I am thirty four years old. This is bullshit. You know, and then the one that really put me over the edge was they were like, oh, you're gonna need a CPAP machine. I'm like, nope. That's it. I'll, I'll give up. I'll lose the weight. Forget it now. And man, I'm. I was down about eighty something, and then now I'm, I'm about one sixty now. You know what I mean? I was down about eighty ninety, but now I'm about one sixty. Back where I'm a little more comfortable where I want to be. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's ten times better. You know what I mean? Ten yeah, times. I sit at two forty one this morning, feeling like I'm as light as a feather. No, <laughs> it's amazing how body types work like that. Yeah, isn't it? Weird? That, that was my heaviest. Yeah, that was my heaviest. It was all of my all of my gut. It was all in my belly. That's all it was, man. My chest and my my gut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Birdy ass legs and then freaking all gut. That's all I was. But yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. It's I sick. think I, I think I was very similar, man. Like I think I think my largest I was up in the two fifties, but I had no muscle. It was right. just all fucking fat. Like yeah, there was, you know, I'm way stronger now where I am than I was yeah. than yeah. I was up at that weight. You know. So, yeah, weight weight can be deceiving for sure on on like, you know, body oh. types. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that I mean, that just is fan freaking tastic that you know, what I mean, that you're 120 pounds and you're 240. You're saying like you feel better than you ever have. I mean, that's the whole name of the game right there. You you, you, you got to feel better. There's no way around it. You know what I mean? You're like you probably added like 10 years on your life just by doing that. You know At what I mean? At least, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, that's the most fantastic feeling, you know what I mean? We're sitting at like 23.5% body fat right now, so I probably want to lose like maybe another 5% body fat, but if I still weigh 240 when that 5% comes off, I'm not going to be upset. Weight doesn't matter to me anymore. Now it's simply body body fat percentage, and so (laughs) that's just gym and diet. No, man, I wouldn't either. That's fantastic, man. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic. I mean, we all know. I mean, it, it was a long journey, but it's it's worth it in the long run. You know what I mean? It's yeah. worth it in the long run. Although my brother and sister-in-law called me a meathead yesterday because every time I go back to the farm, I just want to lift heavy stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dad had a cord burner that he needed to put down in the basement, and yeah. we broke the dolly taking it down the stairs because uh, it weighed so much. So we got to the bottom of the stairs, and I'm like, I'll just push it. And like I pushed it, and he's like, all right. Well, we wrapped the thing around, and I ended up pulling it. But they're like... You're a fucking meathead. Did you see how like the thing was broken? Instead of waiting, you just tried to push it. I'm like, 
I am a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having creatine sandwiches and protein shakes. And yeah, no, that's cool. I got it. I got it. I can't that's help funny, it. man. I just want to lift heavy things. I just want to pick shit up and put it down, man. That's all. <laughs> that's all I want to do. <laughs> that, um, that, uh, that weight bag that you've been training with, Brad, is crazy. Oh, those, uh, slam bags. They're fantastic, man. I love that thing. I, uh, I do a lot with that, man. It, it, it's just like, and it has like, it has like a zipper. It, it looks like a duffel bag and it has a zip, a zipper on the end of it. And you can put in like five pound weights on the inside of it. And it goes up to like 40 pounds. And There's you, little handles on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And awesome. uh, I love it. I do all kind of shit. With some, uh, sometimes I throw it around the back of my shoulder like so. And I'll just run up the road for like a mile or two with it on my back and just run with it real slow up and down the hill with it or like I'll put it on the ground between my legs and do like military crawls like on the in the grass and then drag it up through the middle of you crawl drag it up crawl drag it up do all kind of cool shit. It, it's it's nice I mean you can get them on Amazon they're like 40 bucks man they're really nice you can do a lot of cool stuff with them man they're, they're really cool I'm not a uh, power powerhouse meathead like you man but uh, I'll, I'll get there <laughs> uh, I'll get there <laughs> I, I am not do. even close to the numbers I was like pre-shutdown, so I've had to like readjust my whole year's plans and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I, my shoulders come back from the dead, so I guess it's probably a good thing in the grand scheme of things. So while I'm not lifting as heavy, I'm also not in pain when I try to like lift up a glass of water with my left arm. So oh, yeah, that's probably that's good too. Thing. I guess yeah. we'll take take the good with the bad. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's there's definitely some positivity. <laughs> Dude, you know what's speaking of shoulder, this just made me think of this. Um, when I was running this weekend, out of all the fucking muscles that hurt, my my left arm I've had surgery on, like I had a snowboard accident and Ooh. I have eight eight bolts and a metal plate like holding my shoulder together. Yeah. When he says snowboard accident, he means a car crash on a hill. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I slammed myself into the ground pretty snowboard hard. Snowboard was on the car when he wrecked the car. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, my shoulder, my shoulder, like my my surgery shoulder that never bothers me totally was bothering me running down hills because of however i was swinging my arms or like your arms yeah like because that that was like the biggest thing is like my cousin she she said you know you can't hold back your descent like you have to like you have to loosen up your body she's like you have to run down the down the mountain like a toddler runs in a straight line absolutely like arms fucking flailing like just loose joints everywhere and i whatever way with my vest on like with my running vest on whatever way i was moving my arm like i get to the bottom of a couple of those peaks and i'd be like what the fuck like yeah. what, what is this like why is my arm hurt of all things <laughs> i hear you I, I feel like i'm like a canadian goose come down my wings out like i'm like flapping like, <laughs> like, no, I know exactly what you mean. I it's it's just it's a natural motion, you know what I mean? But you're like, uh, but you're like bouncing yourself and shit. Yeah. Know? Well, you have to. So like if you try and like slow you you have to be you have to be somewhat in control so you can choose where your feet are going to go. But if you try and hold back your descent, like you kill your fucking calves 
because yeah. like you're holding back like all this weight and then you constantly shove your toes into the front of your shoes yep. so like you literally will bruise your toes um if you if you aren't doing it correctly like oh absolutely so yeah so you just look weird <laughs> yeah i oh, know it's terrible it's terrible man Weirder. it's a whole new world yeah yeah, it's fun. Says the guy with a bunch of band-aids on his heels right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, nobody ever wants to see our feet. Trust me. It's like the worst Dude, I know. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, we were camping, right? So you get done trail running. You don't have like a shower. That, yeah. And like we've already been outside. So I'm like taking a bath in my tent with like these these like face wipes, right? And like... Sure. I go to like wipe off my feet and my cousin's like, dude, the sun's setting soon. Like we got to hike up to the peak and watch it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I just throw new new socks on, right? Go up, do campfire things. We're like, okay, we're going to bed. And I'm like, there's no way I'm putting my feet, like just my feet in the sleeping bag. But I, I don't sleep. I don't know about you guys, but I hate sleeping with socks on. Like I'm like feet out, out of the blankets, like until they're ice cold and then maybe i'll pull them in right and so i like lay down in my in my in my tent and i'm like i'll just lay on top of the sleeping bag till i get cold and i start getting cold i'm like all right cool and i sleep uh sneak in the sleeping bag with my with my fresh socks on my dirty feet i'm like laying there and i wake up like a half hour later 45 minutes later i'm like fuck i gotta take my socks off like my feet are getting warm like i can't sleep like this i'm like but my feet are so gross from fucking running oh, all day so like oh. you know i'm trying to be respectful of like the few other tents that are like around us and not making noise and you're in like a like a sleeping bag that's like, like nylon so everything right. that you do so is loud bag basically yeah 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 so I had to like wake up and like I'm trying to like slowly unzip my like my hiking pack so I can like find like something to wipe my feet off so they're somewhat uh-huh. okay to go into my sleeping bag. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's funny, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good times. Hard pass. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. I don't know, man. It was fun. It's fun. Camping's fun. Nature's good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh oh. One one funny thing. So when I did the first night we were there, there was like no one around us, right? So as soon as everyone's quiet, the woods comes alive. And it's it's mainly like small rodents and shit like that, like small animals running around in the woods. And so I'm laying there and you know, I'm just on like a like a maybe one inch inflatable mattress pad on the ground, right? Like, you know, just a tiny little pad under a sleeping bag. And I'm laying there and I hear this like rodent of some kind like running through the the weed or the the leaves and stuff and so i'm just laying there in the dark like i'm in a two-person tent which is really like made for one one person in a backpack like a two-person tent is not made for two people to sleep in correct yeah 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 and and i'm laying there by the edge or on the edge of the tent because my bag's on the other side and I'm like trying to like figure out where this rodent is running around and in the leaves and just listening to it. I'm like, it sounds like it's getting closer and then bam, and it fucking runs right into the side of my tent, 
like right where my head is. Oh. So I'm like, I'm like laying there, like, like listening, like eyes closed, trying to figure out where all these things are running around. And the first thing I'm listening to just runs right into my tent, just smacks right in the tent and makes a little squeak and then runs around the edge of the tent and then disappears into the woods. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess that's how we're going to start tonight off. <laughs> I would shit my sack there probably hearing that. Like, Dude, it scared the crap out of me because it was so loud because it was right next to my head. This explains a lot of Warzone stuff. Uh, If you can't tell where the footsteps are coming from, no wonder you get surprised so easily. (laughs) You've got to work on your sound whoring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to play some video games today. That was was a fun little surprise. Um, Well, shit, I don't know, man. What else? Should we add some music to the playlist? Probably about that time, isn't it? Yeah. Just so, say a uh, shout out to our friend Elmer Fudd before we go for hosting his Warzone tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a second shout out to, well, me you. and my team for <laughs> winning it. Uh, I was present. Obviously, I didn't win it. It was Val and Nessie and TJ who won it. Uh, I just kept us in a lower skill bracket so that they could dominate. It was a real is that, team is that effort. The f- first Warzone tournament you guys have won? Nope. We've gone back to back now. We won number four and number five. So Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's a good time. And uh, it was fun because the whole bunch of folks from the, the DeathRx Discord were uh, were in it, and we took first and second and fourth. Cath uh, and uh, Lotus and Scalix and those guys took second. Also had a really sweet uh, stream setup, which is kind of cool. They, they, they like revolutionized their stream setup. They had all four of them playing on the stream at the same time, so you could like watch everyone's perspective. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Look. so they had a cool uh, setup, and they outperformed the expectations fantastically. And then, well, uh, they won. They won a tournament, a couple no, tournaments not, not ago. Kath and Lotus and Scalix and those guys. Lotus did. Not. Oh, you're talking one of the Destiny ones. No, one of the Warzone ones. Mm, oh, I thought they I've did. Been doing it. Oh, but, I thought that they did. No, but they, okay. they took second this time and looked real good at doing it. And then uh, Wolf and Ponch and uh, Clay and Airsoft took fourth. So good representation by the folks uh, in our little community. So. Sweet, man. Yeah, when, when uh, Lotus and I used to play a lot of Destiny, we used to do that um, like multiple stream hosting thing so that you could watch everyone who was playing at the same time. Yeah, it was very cool. It's nice. It's nice when that works out. So anyways, just that the little bit of video game talk. So now we can hop over to uh, putting songs <laughs> on the playlist. I, play, I played a lot of video games before I went out of town. Yep. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, so uh, we have we have this playlist on Spotify, Brad. Oh. And uh, every week we, we each add a song. Our buddy Ben adds a song. Um and uh, we have a guest add a song. And so it should just be music that you like. And that's and, and so far, we've had a pretty great playlist. We're actually on. So our first one, uh, we call the day one playlist. So when it got to 24 hours, we created a new one. So that ah, way it's just not one yeah, like giant, giant playlist. Yeah. So now we're on day two and we are seven hours and 45 minutes into day two. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess as tradition uh, stands, we should start with whatever Ben sent us this week. 
He sent us Perfect Friends by Rich People. Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I heard you listen to it. You said it was definitely the best song on the album, right? Uh, I know that was the were uh, song that he put on a couple oh, of weeks okay. ago. Um, okay. I actually got stuck with real work today and I didn't get a chance to listen to it. So tomorrow when I go and listen to all the songs put on the playlist today, I'll give it a listen. But Ben very rarely leads me astray. So I'm excited yeah. to listen to it. Yeah, he's been pretty solid on all of his picks, man. Um, Cool. Well, as I'm looking up my... Uh, trying to find my list what do you got for me rob so there is a macho man song that has the exact same name as uh this rich people uh song but i'm not gonna pick that because i know <laughs> how much it would bother <laughs> you there's not a wrestling event going on you <laughs> bastard <laughs> so uh i mean it's the 21st of september so i guess uh we'll go oh, with, no. with wind and fire september yes earth wind and fire <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Earth, Wind, and Fire. What's the name? What's the name of the song? September. September. Yep. Not frequently we'll have shows on the twenty-first of September, so you might as well just use it when just you get, get the opportunity. Just save it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Got it. That's so weird. It wouldn't let me find it by looking up the band name first. Uh, definitely user error, not Spotify. I'll just clarify that right away. Okay. Um, Brad, what do you got for us, bud? I I, I think we were talking the other day. So I was, I was going to stick with the beer theme for you for something fun tonight. I was just saying, okay. uh, if you could find it on Spotify, I hope it's there. Paranoid Social Club, and the song's called Wasted. If, that's not, if we don't have a backup, I'm always going to go with like Beastie Boys, always. <laughs> no, I got it. God. Yes. I'm excited to listen to that too. Oh, it's, it's it goes with the theme. We're just having fun, a little beer tonight, and there's right, Derek, a uh, the, there's a version. It's not on Spotify, but um, there's a version of Rootdown that Beastie Boys had on on their Rootdown LP. That I wish was on Spotify because it's so damn good, but it's not. So I had to look for it. That's why. That's why I'm saying that. I, I look, <laughs> when you said Beastie Boys, I just I quick looked to see if they had added it yet. Um, hmm. I should probably do something that's not hip hop. I think it's about time that we that we do a not hip hop song. So let's go with. Uh, the New Dark Ages by Bad Religion. Oh, yes. Is this your first Bad Religion song on uh, the Day 2 playlist? I think it is. Oh, God, I love Bad Religion. <laughs> yeah, this is, I like this song a lot. Um, what kind of punk music do you listen to? I bet you're one of those guys who likes Bad Religion. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I do like Bad Religion. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a running joke from a couple of uh, months ago. when. <laughs> Yeah, what did he say? Music. My buddy, our buddy Ben, actually, who gives us these uh, these picks. What do you say? I like Bad Religion, No Effects, and something else. <laughs> something else, which is true because I love Bad Religion and No Effects. No like effects, I, yeah. I, I grew up with him, man. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's different because he's so young. Like 
you know it's 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 like one of those things like like cliff grew up listening to the misfits uh, so like that's third check <laughs> yeah so like that's why he likes them but like but like I didn't start listening to the mu- Misfits until like late high school, right? So it's like a different appeal. So like, so Danzig I, was gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I no, I remember when Danzig was was on on MTV in the radio in the '90s. So I was at least aware of music then. But yeah. Anyways, like we grew up. Our age group grew up with like Bad Religion and and No Effects, where Ben came like ten years later. You know, where it was like like a hot topic thing more than like right. like a cool new sound. <laughs> you know, so I I get it. I get the joke. I like that. I like. It. I hope he listens to this so that he can write me like a ten page long uh, private message uh, or a group chat message. <laughs> he does. He he doesn't listen to much of the show, but he, he fast forwards to the music picks just so that he can uh, <laughs> comment on our choices. So. Uh, Looking awesome. forward to a spicy uh, Discord <laughs> message uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Um. So n- normally, we um we will talk about like if we've had a good beer or something, right? And some some weeks we do, and some weeks we don't have anything to recommend. But Brad, mm-hmm. I figure since you're on. And you know some beers that maybe have a distribution ring that people can find, you know, in your area or whatever. Because we're we're pretty good about repping the Midwest beers, uh, Nips. But maybe yeah. you can suggest a, a beer or two that are out that you really like that people should try and look for. Well, I mean, uh, I'll even go in your area. I mean, uh, I just saw today something that really caught my eye and I had to check it out. I mean, uh, I'm sure you're obviously you're familiar with founders yeah oh that way okay so everybody knows their kbs kentucky breakfast out yep Yep. all right so they uh released a new one here recently um espresso and fudge version so it has espresso beans and also some kind of uh i saw with cocoa and fudgy like chocolate flavors to it uh unlike double the amount of espresso they do it's like a variant of kbs um wow i can look it Sounds up here amazing quick. hang up it, it, i i have it on my phone i was looking at it earlier i mean it looked pretty sexy i was checking it out uh you guys will probably see it before i will it's called kbs maple manic fudge imperial stout with manic fudge manic fudge chocolate coffee maple syrup and cocoa nibs aged in bourbon barrels jesus that sounds sexy right about now especially as it's getting colder you know what i mean i think something like yeah would be friggin slamming right now i think i think that sounds like really 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 good uh gonna be like 11 12 14 percent yeah that's gonna be like like a range 11 or 12 or yeah that's a biggie that's a bit like a freight train yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Rob, you hit it pretty good earlier. I mean, I could always go with a good Marzen Oktoberfest style fest logger. So there's so many options out there, and there's a lot of good craft breweries doing so many good ones these days. So I think if you choose, you want to stick to the seasonal choice. I would say uh, a good fest or Oktoberfest logger is always fantastic right about now. I'd, I'd always go with those two, but. 
that's something unique that 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 KBS caught my attention today. I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'll have to look for it. They're really good at about stocking um, the founder stuff at my local store. So oh, I'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah, it's called something like Manic Ma- Maple Manic Fudge or something like that. It's called KBS. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty cool. Good. Yeah, for sure. Well, Rob, all I'm gonna say is uh, I like this. It's actually called an Oak Toberfest from our uh, good friends at uh, Carbon Four. From our good friends at Carbon Four, nice. uh, and and they did a good job. So I really want to get over to their brewery. Do they do they do what? Do they condition it in oak or anything like that? Oak staves or oak barrels or oak food mm-hmm. or anything like that? It probably says on the on the actual case, but it does not say here. I mean, curiosity. They probably have some kind of American oak on it or French oak or something. It sounds good though. Yeah, carbon four. I think. I think Carbon 4 has one of the best, like with their um, Fantasy Factory. They have, the, su- they have the such good artwork. Really good for them. Yeah. Uh, but their beer's really good, too. And I actually really like their tap room as well in town. It's, uh, it is cool. It's it's in a, a neat part of town, uh, like off the campus, away from the uh, the government buildings. But uh, it's, it's kind of like sort of a... I don't know. I don't want to say a dirtier part of town, but like a, a more blue collar part of town. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a really neat place. It's, they make really good beer. Uh, I don't you know. would not think that a brewery is, is where they're located, where their tap room is. Yeah. Sort of like in a strip mall even. Yeah. It's weird. Not even a strip mall. It's like an industrially looking hmm. It's like around strip the, mall. It's by the technical look that college. Up. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so uh, it's an ale fermented at near lager temperatures mm-hmm. in an attempt to capture magic in a glass. Soft toffee notes wrapped in a blanket of flavors of fresh baked bread. Uh, the experience is accented with a pleasant and subtly woodsy experience provided by whiskey-soaked fre- uh, yeah. blend of French and American oak. There we go. There we go. I figured where the, the oak had to come from. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds delicious. Check it out. I haven't had much. Uh, I haven't had much beer. Period. Lately, in terms of purchasing, I was uh, working my way through my my bottle of uh, mezcal this weekend. Uh, that was really quite good. Uh, my buddy Joe, who you you've met before, <laughs> yeah, sent me a thing of peri peri flavored uh, cocktail spice. Mm. Um. So I made margaritas with that spice uh, and my my mezcal, and it was really good. And I probably overdid it, but uh, I survived the weekend, so we're in good shape. That uh, you know that that real smoky, uh, very smoky mezcal plus the uh, the spice of the peri peri was really a good combo. Uh, Plus the citrus from the, you know, the limes and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that sounds awesome. So the sweetness of the agave. Yeah. So it was a, it was a real, it was a real treat for a drink for, especially since I, I don't drink that much anymore. So to spend a couple of uh, hours working my way through some of that was pretty enjoyable. No, that's yeah. cool. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Well, 
I uh, I think that on a note of wrapping it up, Brad, I think that we should talk uh, again. Where's your brewery? What's it called? All that good stuff. So our buddies that are in PA or, or maybe traveling through can stop yeah, by and, yeah, and get a yeah, bottle yeah. to go. Please uh, check us out. We uh, Brewery is Liquid Noise Brewing Company. We are in Marysville, Pennsylvania, which is like across the river from Harrisburg. Uh, capital PA, right in the middle. Can't miss it. Very easy to get to. Quarter mile off the major highway. Easy to get. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at liquidnoisebrewing.com. Instagram at liquidnoisebrewingcompany. Uh, and if you guys message uh, anything through social media, it goes to me directly. So you're reaching out to me. So if you ever want to ask a question or wondering about how can we get you some beer, merchandise, or whatever, Please shoot me a message. Be glad to talk to anybody. Or if there's anybody who wants to do maybe a uh, brewery collaboration from out in your neck of the woods, be glad to work out something really fun across state lines. I thought that'd be really cool too. If you know oh, that'd be cool. wants to do something cool like that, you know, any contacts in the area, we can make something sweet happen. So yeah, yeah, always make it happen. But we're always glad to entertain any kind of sweet opportunities like that. But. It, it's it's been fun it's been a wild ride so far and i hope we got a lot more to get going i mean it's it's only just the beginning of all this you know what i mean but uh we have a good start i feel good about what we're doing and you know it's uh great uh people like you guys who do this show and stuff like that that uh support us and you know are willing to sit down and listen to our little side of the story and a little piece of the world because there's you know what i mean which makes it really special so i think you know with that i think you know well, it's what keeps us going. You know what I mean? So we're really happy to do it. That's cool, man. Yeah. Hopefully all this, uh, hopefully all this stuff changes so I can come down there, do oh, a run yeah. with you, drink some beers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. I'm going to take you up in the mountain, take you over to Roxylvania. I'm going to show I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. take you on the yeah. cliffhanger. I'll, uh, I'll up my life insurance policy a little yeah, bit. You might <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might want to do that. It's a good idea. <laughs> Awesome. It was a really awesome time. Uh, I probably could have talked beer with you for another two or three hours easily. So maybe we'll have to get you back we'll again, again sometime in the future. I because think, uh, I think this is happening again. I was just enthralled with the beer talk. I'm going to go to friggin' FedEx next time, not UPS. I'm going to sneak you some beer in the mail and we're, we're, you, so you can try this, some of our uh, our bottles and stuff. You got you to see what we do. Pretty wild so excited yeah we'll we'll work something out for sure i'll get i'll get one of my buddies who uh who's always flying around the country on business trips just just swing by yeah there you go give me back i'll run over the airport real quick (laughs) awesome uh well rob anything uh anything before we sign out no, thank you again. It yeah, was, no, it was, uh, it was fantastic. a fantastic time. I, I, I could sit here until 3 a.m. doing this, you know what I mean? But uh, I love it. We'll, we'll, we'll do a virtual uh, drunk hour next time. We'll have like, <laughs> we'll do uh, liquor. I, I'm already a couple ounces of bourbon into this, so we'll do more beer and whiskey <laughs> next time. So, deal. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks, everyone, for supporting the show. Uh, t-shirts, mouse pads, all that stuff. And um, yeah, I don't even know what we're doing next week. Next week, something's happening. All right. We'll be here, huh? (laughs) We'll be here. Same bat time, same potato channel.
It's <laughs> not the same bad time, though, because next week we're recording on Tuesday. But Shh, they don't know that. They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking Warzone next week, so y'all have a great oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, have a fantastic time uh, with your anniversary tomorrow, Fluffy, and uh, yeah. talk to you soon. Word.